Perpetual Traffic listeners, Molly Pittman here, and I wanted to tell you about a free live webinar that I'm doing with Ezra Firestone this Wednesday, August 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. If you would like to sign up, head on over to www.trainmytrafficperson.com. So this live training is called Get More Profit from Paid Traffic. I'm actually going to take you through the daily routine that I used at Digital Marketer to scale and run all of our paid traffic efforts. We're also going to talk about uh, scaling successful campaigns, a system that I call the green, yellow, red system. We're going to talk about writing ad copy, setting goals, improving targeting. And I'm going to explain exactly how I create new ad campaigns. Most of you, I'm sure, know and love Ezra. I know this is going to be an awesome free event. So definitely sign up, tell your friends about it and head over to www.trainmytrafficperson to sign up. Thanks guys. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Welcome to episode 162 of Perpetual Traffic. Molly Pittman here today with my wonderful co-host, Ralph Burns. Hello. Hello. And we are back with our troubleshooting series. So basically, what to do if your Facebook ads are sucking. (laughs) The sucky Facebook ad series. The sucky Facebook ad series. How do we fix it, right? Yep. So on last week, we were talking about what to do if our cost per acquisition is too high. So we're going to continue this discussion today because this is a problem that every media buyer has. And we have more tips for you guys what to do if your CPA is too high. So we're excited to share this information. We hope you're having an an awesome week and thanks for listening as always. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You know, I sort of think like after doing two of these episodes, we're kind of giving motivational speeches here for people just to keep going. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Don't give up. You're going to fail a lot. You can do it. That's just the way that it is. And Facebook ads is a mirror for life, Molly. You know, there's lots of failure, lots of things that just don't go your way. And that's how we all as humans learn. But you got to have a plan when the shit hits the fan with your Facebook ads. This episode here, as well as the handy dandy checklist that we're going to actually create from all these episodes we're doing on troubleshooting, Molly, people can actually get that. And I'll make mention of a couple times today, they can go to Facebook and go to tier 11, find the tier 11 Facebook page, and then talk to our messenger bot, Tier, who still is looking for his beret, apparently. Talk to him. Yeah, that guy. And then type in the word checklist. And uh, when you type that in, he'll give you the checklist for all this troubleshooting stuff, plus couple of bonus things in there too that we're not even Ooh, covering cool. on the podcast. So yeah, so yeah. everything that you're going to need, we want you to succeed with your Facebook and Instagram ads as much as possible. So go to Facebook, go to tier 11, type in checklist and you'll be on your way. Yep. Into Messenger and you'll be able to follow along and actually check things off with a pen if you want to print it out. So yeah. that's pretty cool. You could go old school. I love it. I read that you're 42% more likely to do something if you write it down manually. I like that. So yes. Yeah, so take your checklist and then this is going to use up a lot of ink in your printer though. So you might want to go with the black and white because there's lots of like green and colors and everything, but print it out 
write it down, write down your Facebook goals or your life goals or whatever, and figure out what's wrong with your ads and get a plan in place to fix it. So hopefully we'll give you some more insights into that here today. Hey guys, this is Darren here, the producer of the show. And as always, this week's episode is brought to you by Digital Marketer. And actually, I wanted to let you know, we have a great new show that's just launched called the Digital Marketer Podcast. And Ryan Dice is actually going to be on there this Thursday. It's a great show where we look at the big ideas in marketing. So look it up, check it out, don't miss out. And we'll see you there on the Digital Marketer Podcast. Alrighty, Ralph, let's dive right in where we left off last week. All right, sweet. So last week... We talked about our CPAs being too high, our cost per acquisition is too high, or your cost per conversion is too high. It's the thing that we typically look at the most when we're running website conversion campaigns as our objective in order for this to really work. The best objective is website conversions inside Ads Manager. So if your CPA is too high, then what do you do? Well, the best data to look at is inside the Ads Manager itself under columns. We talked about that a little bit last week about how to actually get to this one column that we refer to as performance and clicks and the difference between link clicks and all clicks. So if you don't know what that is, definitely go back to episode 161 and a little primer on the difference between link clicks, unique link clicks, as well as outbound clicks, a bunch of clicky stuff that we talk about there, (laughs) clicky and tricky there, Molly. But yeah, so performance and clicks is the one that we want to look at here. So if you're looking at the performance of your ads, and this could either be on the campaign level, the ad set level, or maybe even on the ad level, typically on the ad level is where you get really granular here. If your click-through rate is low and your cost per click is high, that's a bad combination, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when things get tough. Yeah. Your ads are really super sucky, if that's yep. the case. Unless you're getting the CPA that you want, unless you're getting the cost per acquisition that you want. But the good news is if you are actually getting your, let's say your target is a $3 lead and you're getting a $3 lead, but you have horrible click-through rates and really high cost per click, the good news is that if you listen to the show, you can actually get your cost per lead even lower using Mm. some of these tips. So the end goal of everything is what your goal is as an advertiser. It kind of sounds redundant, but it really is. It's like, who cares about all this stuff? If you're getting what you want out of Facebook ads, you can always improve, but it's not like a red alert. Yep. And we're just explaining the secondary metrics you need to look at to decide what to fix or what to optimize. Yeah, for sure. So customize your columns inside Ads Manager. Use performance and clicks on this one. You can also use video engagement too to figure out you know, if your videos are actually engaging with your audiences. But performance and clicks, just for simplicity's sake, that will give you probably the most important metric, at least you know, the one that we look at the most inside the Tier 11 agency, which is CTR, click-through rate and then cost per click. So a low CTR, once again, just as a review, is typically less than 1%. So if your link click CTR is less than 1%, that would mean that is a low CTR. You can definitely do better. But if your CPC is over, we're using a dollar as a benchmark, although it's really going to depend on your industry, Lots of customers of ours, you know, the ones that I'm looking at actually right now inside Ads Manager, which isn't getting the result that they're ideally looking for, but we will 
actually get there is a 35 cent cost per click. That's really good. Mm. And it's way less than a dollar. So they should be doing better based upon the fact that their cost per click is really low, but their and their CTR is actually pretty high. So that's not the case here. So if your cost per click is over a dollar, let's say you're paying $2, $3, $5. I've seen cases where it's $18 a click. Like there is something really wrong with your ads and with your ad set targeting a lot of things that we're going to talk about here. So people on that are listening to both of these episodes, they might say, well, what happens if your CTR is low, but your CPC is low? Well, chances are that probably won't happen all that often. They really do work in tandem with each other. So if your click-through rate is high, chances are your cost per click is going to be lower. Right. Because Facebook wants to reward that and people are liking it. So they want to keep showing that ad. Exactly. Exactly. That's our general benchmark. So if your cost per acquisition is too high and you're having this issue with low CTR, high CPC, there's really two potential causes. Mm. First off is your offer. Something that Molly talked about in last week's episode a lot, which we'll get into here, as well as your hook. I think most people know what an offer is. If somebody asked you what a hook is, Molly, what would you answer on that question? Really the reason why they should take whatever action you're asking them to take, right? Yeah. So if I'm selling a toothbrush, a hook is not, my toothbrush is great, you should buy it, right? (laughs) A hook is... How is this actually going to benefit them? Does your toothbrush have special bristles that saves them a minute out of their day every day, right? Does your toothbrush help whiten their teeth? Is it going to better their health, right? What are the actual reasons, the benefits, or the pain point you're solving for the consumer? Wow, that's pretty good. I think you should come out with your own line of toothbrushes right there. (laughs) I think we got an idea, Ralph. Yeah, our next e-commerce business. So (laughs) what is the difference between your hook and your offer? A lot of people ask this question as well. Yeah. So your offer is basically what you're selling and how you're selling it. So what goes into your offer is things like price or discounts or... Even a lead magnet is an offer, right? So it's almost how you package something. So in the toothbrush example, it could be a toothbrush that is maybe free plus shipping. That would be your offer. So that's the actual physical thing plus an incentive for you to take the next step. So maybe it's get a toothbrush and get a year's worth of dental floss you know, with yep, your first purchase. Exactly. Like that's your offer. That's a pretty good offer, actually. I mean, yeah, that's, you might that's I'm impressed, that. Ralph. The Pittman toothbrush. I think that's the Pittman tooth, the pit brush, the pit brush, <laughs> the pit brush. I'm sure there will be a dog version as well for oh, I love it. dog teeth clean. So the two things are there. So your hook is really is like what we care about or we talk about we as advertisers can affect the most with our ad copy, with our images, with our video. So the offer is something that you can work on as a business owner to make more tantalizing, to make more irresistible, especially when we're talking about cold traffic here. So we're talking about traffic. They don't know who you are, all right, on Mm -hmm. all of these troubleshooting tips. We're talking about these are not people that are on your list that you're trying to sell to again. These are people that don't know who the heck you are, so you have to pull them in with something that's interesting enough, captivates their interest, might shatter a popular belief, or the offer might be just so damn good that they just have to have it now. 
or there's yep. a huge value proposition. So lots of different ways in which we can do this in our Facebook ads, but the hook you can control as an advertiser more than the offer. If you have both working in sync, chances are you're probably not going to have low CTR and high CPC. You're probably going to be doing really well as a business owner. Mm. So CPA is too high, CTR low, CPC high. So one of the things that we tend to do when we have issues with customers is that we sort of go back to the drawing board. We do this in a lot of cases. And there's actually one e-commerce customer right now that is in the dog niche that our awesome account manager, Warren, went through and figured out, because he's a user of the product, not himself personally, but for his dog, <laughs> um, he actually realized that there was six different avatars that would buy this product. And I was kind of blown away. I, I was love like, it. wow, I'd never really thought about that. And consequently, he figured out that each one of them had a very specific need, a very specific desire, very specific pain point. And we went back to one of our tried and true things that we love to do is we used the ad grid, which is a Molly love Pittman it. invention. And if you don't know <laughs> what it is, go back to episode 33. Holy crap. That back was, in the day. That was a long time ago. So tell us maybe what the ad grid is yeah. and how this can potentially solve this low CTR, high CPC yeah. issue. The ad grid's just a system that you can use that allows you to make sure you're fleshing out and using different hooks, but that you're also acknowledging that you have different avatars and that they all want to be spoken to in a different way. They all have different pain points and things they need. So the ad grid is a grid. On the y-axis, you're going to list out your different hooks, right? So for the toothbrush, we talked about the teeth whitening, the saving a minute a day, the dental hygiene, and your different avatars. You know, you might have moms as an avatar. You might have young professionals, whoever you've identified for your avatar. So you're going to write your ad copy in the middle of this grid so that you make sure that you're speaking to each avatar about why that specific hook matters to them, right? The mom wants to save a minute because she doesn't want her kids to be late for school, right? The young professional wants to save a minute because they don't want to be late for work, so definitely check out that episode for more info on the ad grid. It'll help you flesh this out. When we've done this together, I mean, not all of these always work. So you might actually have, in the case of exactly. Warren, you know, six different avatars. I mean, I never thought in a million years it'd be six different avatars, but sure enough, there were. So you don't have to test all of them all at once. Maybe just pick the best three or the best two that you know that you have a really good hook with and you make that hook that's specific to that avatar. And the best part of all of this is that then you can pick your targeting specific to the hook avatar combination. So it might be a different demographic, like you just mentioned. Obviously, your targeting is going to be different for moms than versus young professionals that are looking to save time with the pit brush, the new Pitman toothbrush. <laughs> the pit brush. You know, then you can, when you combine your avatar with your hook, with your targeting, so remember, we talked a little bit about this on last week's episode about dial in your targeting. Targeting is specific to your avatar and your hook. Remember, typically your avatar. So 
you know, if it's demographics, if it's gender, if it's specific interests, like one of his interests was retirees. So AARP, which is an interest inside ads manager might be a good one. Another one was kids that are in college, obviously college universities or specific interests that they might have what are kids in college interested in, Molly? I have no idea. But, you know, I'm sure there's something inside Ads Manager that you can find. So the point is, is that your targeting does play into this as well. And I think the combination of those three things together, plus multiple hooks, multiple ways to test, you're going to start turning around your ads for sure. Heck yeah. And always remember, guys, that your creative and your ad copy are simply reflections of your hook, right? So if your CTR is low, your CPC is high, it means that your hook's not working, your offer's not working, your creative and copy aren't working. They all go together. And I know that's what Ralph's about to talk about. Yeah. And this is one of the ones that directly relates to the next step here, although we did skip over one, which we'll get back to. Solution number three here is when you are testing those new ad creatives, you got to have them resonate with the avatar. So one that you guys did with Digital Market, I think, was brilliant. The fact that you were giving out a social media grader. Tell us a little bit about that and how you divided that up and maybe how you started and how it ended up. Yeah, totally. So we had a social media audit that we were giving away as a lead magnet. Well, I used the ad grid and I came up with a few hooks. So a good hook was that you could score yourself. Another hook was that you could use this to create a weekly report. Another hook is that you could use this to audit your social media and then improve your business, grow your business, right? And then I also realized there were different avatars for this, actually the social media manager, um, but also their boss. So we were able to use the ad grid to create specific ads that really spoke to these people. So for example, one of the ads was how do you score as a social media manager, right? Are you an A plus student? Use this 10 minute audit to grade your current efforts. Well, I also use that hook to speak to the boss and say, how does your social media manager score, right? Mm. You know, this is a good way to make sure they're doing a good job. And then, of course, running ads to business owners saying, hey, are you hitting your social media goals? You know, use this social media audit to make sure you're actually growing your business through social media. So that just goes to show you that's one offer, a little PDF, a social media audit. There's so many ways to go about this, different people to speak to about different benefits and pain points. Did you start that campaign? I forget exactly. Did you start it with the ad grid? I did. And then how did it do overall? It was a few years ago. I can't remember exactly, but I know that we were able to identify that two of the avatar and hook intersections worked really well and the others didn't. So what this allowed us to do is to launch a really beefy, big campaign so that we didn't get false positives or false negatives and so that we were able to see what messaging worked to what avatar. Yeah, for sure. And as with all digital marketer products, there's a reason why you chose that as your lead magnet because it tied in directly with your real offer, which was to sell Digital Marketer HQ, as I recall. Yep, exactly. So create your offer with the end in mind. Yep. You might get a great hook and offer combination and you're getting tons of leads coming in the door, but 
your offer is selling something completely different. So you also have to keep that in mind too. So that isn't necessarily a tip here, but it's just a business thing that you've got to keep in mind. Otherwise, you're just going to be racking up lots of leads, but then they're never going to purchase your product. So there's got to be consistency, not only, you know, ad sent from your ad to your landing page, to your offer, all the way through to your ultimate offer, your core offer, the ultimate goal that you want your traffic to purchase. They all have to be in alignment with each other. Agreed. So that is tip number three. So we're going to go back to tip number two, just to kind of keep things in line, because when you actually go to Facebook and go to tier 11 page, and then you chat with our messenger bot, throw in the word checklist into Messenger, you're actually going to be able to see Molly Pittman's old ads from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Checking them out. You can see exactly how I did this. Yeah. Pretty cool. So this one here relates a lot to the one that we just talked about, which is testing new ad copy. So a while back, this is another one. Well, we're going to like back, back on these episodes. Back in the day. Back in the day. This was episode 34 which was the 14 elements of persuasive ad copy. Some things never change. Some things really never change. So I do think that how we wrote ad copy back in 2016 and how we actually do it today in 2018 is a lot different. But still, the point is, is that if your ad is not resonating, nobody's clicking on your ad. Very few people are clicking. And because of that, Facebook is penalizing you under this particular troubleshooting tip. You have CTR low, CPC high. So think about that. So I'm scrolling by your ad and you've targeted me and I just don't care. Mm. Apathy in the newsfeed for your ad is the worst thing that can happen (laughs) for you. Like if (laughs) people are ignoring you, this is pretty much your issue right here. So you've got to get their attention somehow, some way. This goes back to your avatar, goes back to your hooks, goes back to how are you going to then uh, take that hook and that idea and construct ad copy that pulls them in and captivates them with your ad so that they actually do stop the scroll and they take a look and they read your ad or they look at your image and then they click. And the more people that do this, obviously your costs per click are going to decrease. And potentially the more people that land on your landing page that click through, chances are you're going to get more leads and that's going to lower your overall CPA. So once again, (laughs) this does come back to combination of your creative, your image, which we have in the checklist here, as well as the ad copy. So in episode 34, we went through 14 ways or 14 elements of persuasive ad copy. Mm. I'm just going to rattle them off here quick, but they're be authentic, which I think is probably the most important one and be personable. We tend to write really casual now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Way more than we ever did. We don't use like the big captivating do this hooks, now do this yeah. with brackets and yeah all very that. native yeah words. very native and i think franny who's our awesome creative director said it best when she said stand out by blending in mm-hmm. and if you can do that with your ads i just told you you have to stop the scroll but also standing out by blending in is meaning like all right you're resonating with me i'm actually connecting with what you're telling me or it's something that's important to me and i'm going to stop i know it's probably an ad But because your message is so good and resonates with what I'm feeling as a consumer, I'm going to stop, click, go to the landing page, and hopefully opt in for you. So being authentic, it all starts with that. Simplify your ad copy as much as you possibly can, you know, using less words. We've actually found that I think it's like 19 
words in your ad copy is the average, like the best performing ads. I saw a study. So I don't know if it's 19 or whether it's nine or whether it's 29, but the point is you can definitely simplify your ads, less words as much as possible. The other one is write for Homer, not Hawking. <laughs> Homer, the Simpson that is, yep. not Stephen Hawking. Rest <laughs> in peace. So simplify your words. Don't use like the big 25 cent words. We try not to use those here on perpetual traffic or we're just not smart enough anyway, but. Yeah, I don't think that's how we were raised. <laughs> also try and front load the benefits if at all possible of your product or service use questions we still use a ton of questions in our ad that either calls out the specific pain point got to be careful with policy on that or the potential desire and then answer those questions immediately in the next line we also tend to use revealing types of words the ones that are not the 25 centers but Stuff that does stand out and is not typical in ad copy. Once again, listen to episode 34. We go into that a whole lot more. We still use the word you a lot. We have to be very careful mm -hmm. with this in the personal, like in the beauty space, health and beauty space, and health, health and space. wellness. Yeah, you got to be really careful there. And use non-standard call-outs as well, which is basically is looking at you, but also you might even use we at times. We found that we, we as, it's you know, all encompassing. yeah, it's like you include them in with your ad copy. We as older adults find that sometimes yes. when we are whatever, that's very policy compliant. And it also sort of pulls people in. We tend to capitalize the first letter of our headlines still. I forget exactly what that's called. Ezra talks about that sometimes. I got to Google that sometime when you capitalize the first letter of each word. And we definitely do use in Russ. Hanabury would love this one. We love the <laughs> ellipsis. If you don't know what the ellipsis is, it's a little three little dots at the end of a sentence, which means a continuation of a thought. Love that, especially at the end of ad copy. And just mix up as many different types of ad copy as you can. Short, medium, long, although we are mm -hmm. tending towards shorter ones. Tend to use counterintuitive headlines as well as employee, we still use a lot of emojis as well. Do you still use emojis in your ads? I think you do. Sure do. Yeah. They're still very cool. So yep. once again, episode 34 goes into that way more than I just sort of breezed through it. But ad copy is key. It's how you really do resonate with that cold traffic in the newsfeed. Awesome. All right. The last and final one is the one that we talked about last week as well. This goes back to your interest research targeting. So this is solution number four for you. Go back and look in audience insights. So we had talked about using the ad grid before with different hooks and different avatars, and then making your targeting specific to those hook avatar combinations. So best way to do that is to use audience insights, which is right inside ads manager. If you don't know where it is, just click down on ads manager, click on all tools, and it's right underneath plan and then just click over to Audience Insights, and you can spend hours in there looking for all kinds of cool stuff. It's a rabbit hole. It is. And part of this is, I think we failed to mention this last week, is using new lookalike audiences. So Facebook now has so many cool combinations of root audiences that you can then create lookalike audiences off of. So mm. what exactly does that mean, Molly? root audience to a lookalike audience. Yeah. So it could be your website visitors, people who visited a specific page or email list. Basically, most of the data that you have in your ad account, your warm audiences, you can create lookalike audiences of those so that you can target people most like those. I don't know if you've seen this much, Ralph, but since Cambridge Analytica 
I've had trouble getting lookalikes to work for some of my clients. I'm not sure if Facebook's not giving lookalikes as much data as they were, or it's specific to what I'm doing, but I think they're absolutely still worth a test, but be on the watch out for that. Yeah, we haven't experienced that quite as much, but we have noticed that the closer the root audience is to our ultimate goal, we have noticed that shorter spans typically work the best. So what do I mean by that? Let's say that one of the root audiences that you can actually create is based upon a standard event fire. For example, for most of our customers, especially those in the e-commerce niche, we are optimizing our ads for the purchase standard event. So if they are the ultimate goal of our ads is to get people to buy. So in some cases we have upfront level one ads using the e-com ad amplifier to warm people up, get them to watch a video. But we always want people from cold traffic to ultimately purchase. So, mm. you know, if you can get one to 3% of those, like we had mentioned earlier, you're doing pretty good for cold traffic. So when they actually do go all the way through the process, maybe it's two, three steps. They view the product page, which is they fire a view content. Then they add to cart. They fire an add to cart event. And then they initiate checkout and then they purchase and it fires that purchase standard event. What we found is that root audiences from maybe a 30, 60, 90 days back for all purchasers, because that is the ultimate goal. Like I said, try to make your lookalike audiences off of root audiences that are very close to your ultimate goal. So in this case, mm. it would be purchasers. So we have seen that purchasers, and then you can actually do custom combinations of like purchasers that have purchased more than once in the last 30 mm. days. So like there's all kinds That's of combinations smart. in here, including like lifetime value. So mm. if the, your goal is a lead, like use your last 30 day lead audiences, make a lookalike off that. So we have seen that, and that's recency plus closer to our goal. A lot of lookalike audiences that we used to use, like Friends of Fans was one that we had typically used a long time ago. We don't really use that much anymore. Some of the other lookalike audiences we don't use quite as much, but we have found that. So I think there's been a lot of changes with Facebook recently in the last three to six months, especially, especially with yeah. the Cambridge Analytica thing. So you could see some of your lookalike audiences that used to perform well, not perform quite as well, which might be the reason why, you know, your click-through rate is low and your CPC is high. Your so, CPA is high. Yeah. Your <laughs> yeah. CPA is high. So check those out inside audiences. And once again, that's inside ads manager. Just navigate over to audiences and that's where you do all this stuff. Bam. Damn. So that's the next level stuff here for Probably the worst case scenario. This is like not only zero yeah. conversions. Like zero conversions, I think, is the worst, Molly. Like you wake up. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. It's like, crap, nothing happened. Ugh, this is awful. Yeah. And if your goal for a lead is $2 and you're, you know, you wake up the next morning and, you know, you've got 20 or $30 as your cost per lead in your campaigns, chances are this episode might be able to help you out a little bit. And a lot of it does come back to hook offer, experience, post Facebook, ad copy, image, creative, all that stuff. So constantly be testing, as we say in the agency, move fast and test things and constantly be testing anything that's front facing to cold traffic. Chances are you're going to fail a lot, 70, 80%. If you're Molly Pittman, only 50%. Yeah. 
you know, I'm kind of <laughs> jealous about, I don't know if I like that. Um, but knowing that, you know, 20 or 30% of your ads are going to really start to resonate and then just build those out based upon success and knowing what not to do. And hopefully this episode will help you get closer to your ultimate goal. Yeah. Awesome stuff, Ralph. Thanks so much for sharing. This is episode 162 for all the resources that we mentioned here in the show notes. Go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. And if you want this checklist for troubleshooting, head on over to the Facebooks, search for tier 11. You'll see the little light green and blue and then enter the word checklist into Messenger and we'll send it off to you. Print it out and mark it up. Print it out. Go old school. Use up your ink cartridges and, you know, start writing stuff. Have fun with it. Yeah. Cool. So thanks, Molly. Thanks so much, guys. See you next week. We love you. See ya. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.